And hello, everybody. It's the Wrestling with the Willies podcast. We are talking about All In 2023 edition because the last time that they ended up doing All In was before AEW was even around. I remember I bought the ticket, like I bought it on Fight, the original one. Even Rey Mysterio was on that pay per view before he went to WWE again. So, uh, what's it called? This was live from Wembley Stadium in uh, the UK. Hey, it's nuts. We're in London. We're Uh, almost caught up now. Yeah, I know. Finally, Jim. (laughs) We're actually doing this one like three days after the event. Yeah, I know, right? This is the closest one. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, what's it called? We missed, I think, what was it? Three Two matches. So, uh, because it was four hours long. Like we watched it when, it, like the the night of, and then it, like we didn't finish, it, or I didn't finish watching it until like four in the morning. It was like a long night, so pretty much I thought that they were gonna like I knew that they were gonna have MGF and Adam Cole early on because they were gonna do their um, main event match at the end of the pay per view, but I didn't think it was gonna be on the kickoff show. I didn't either. I thought that the, was Aussie Open, and they won the titles from. But it tells and... you what they think of the Ring of Honor stuff because that's yeah, why I think hot it... potato with the uh, Ring of Honor. Well, not right? only that, a lot of that stuff's on the kickoff show normally, like yeah. when they actually have it, uh, unless it's a Ring of Honor pay per view. I, mean, I think, yeah, like I think it's nice knowing that he even like includes the Ring of Honor stuff sometimes, but. Like the one thing, okay. So I don't know if it, uh, if the match was good, but like it's cool now that they won the belt, especially with later on in the pay per view. But Hook versus Jack Perry, where let's mention, yeah, like, we will know, mention because, this. Cause... Okay, so I'm wondering if it was a work or not because now, have you seen what's came out since then about Miro man? No, in a fight so, with him. Suppose. So supposedly during Jack Perry's match, because CM Punk opened the pay-per-view with Samoa Joe for the real world championship, I should say, air quotes. Yeah, well, Jack Perry said something about real glass being used, which was a harken back to a thing where uh, on a collision or something that CM Punk didn't use real glass or something is what I heard. Uh, Or didn't want to use real glass. So well, I mean, Jack Perry uh, was calling him out when he made that comment about uh, see, like I was being, a, being the, what the call out was. I was just like, that seems kind of a weird offhand thing. How can you tell that it was about CM Punk? Really, that's the main well, thing for me. That's what that's I'm saying. It had to do point. with uh, early AEW collision where glass that was used. He didn't want real glass being used. Or well, something I mean, like to that honestly, effect. Honestly, who would want to use real glass? But, well, like, I Jack Perry did during that. Effect. Well, well, Jack I mean, Perry did, did during it, that match. He was in a car or on top of a car. Of course, he's going to use real glass. Like, I doubt. I highly doubt that they're going to literally buy a car, rent a car, take out the whole windshield out of the car, and put candy glass. Into the windshield, you know. Well, there ain't no way. Well, and do you like remember? CM Punk I, is in underwear most times, and Jack Perry's in like full on clothes during this time. Well, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, I remember it just harkened back to when Sean, no, Shane McMahon and Kurt Angle fought. Do you remember that one where he? It was supposed to be oh when he when the glass didn't break. Yeah, yeah it was supposed to be it, fake glass. Yeah, and, and it was plexiglass it or something. Nacho, get out of here. And it was plexiglass Where? or something, He's actually. Only doing so, because or was it real glass and it was supposed to be fake glass? I can't remember if it was plexiglass. And it was real. Yeah. They put so in real he, glass. So that's he why threw him through it once and he sucks. didn't go through it. Yeah, but that's yeah. that's what I'm saying that they do do things where it's not going to be real glass. So, I well, mean. I mean. Uh, my whole thing is okay. So mind but you, this the whole, biggest this thing whole to match me with Hook happens where Hook loses to Jack Perry, which I think is like fucking stupid, especially 
But I mean, I kind of I get it because Jack Perry's in his heel stuff. So of course, they it seems like the FTW Championship they just give to heels a lot of the time. But like, so what happens is is Perry wins the match. Then immediate from what they say happened is that CM Punk was right back there because he was about to go out for his match. So then. He talked to him, said that, oh, do we have a problem about this, blah, 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 and then eventually puts his hands on him and puts him in a chokehold, like a grabs and throttles him type thing, and then they broke it up. And then this as far as they, they said was what happened. Then they were also talking about Miro being involved for one, and there were several other things that they said that, like happened around it. It was like Miro, then it was like, but I mean, also at the same time, there's been talks that they're talking about uh, several things, like where it's talking about um, him keeping people off a collision and stuff like that. And I think this is kind of super petty. And this is me as a fan of Nacho, but like me as a fan of CM Punk. I think most of this stuff is childish, but now I'm wondering if it's not a work or not because now they announced for All Out, or at least this is what I saw off of Twitter. I don't know if they actually like announced it, announced it on like Dynamite, but it sounds like Jack Perry is going against CM Punk at All Out. <laughs> so I'm wondering if they set that up on purpose now. Or if it's squash bullshit between them, but like, well, it's kind of a, honestly, it's kind of annoying. I mean, if it is a work again, because this is kind of blending the line or blurring the lines, because it's like yeah. you don't know what to believe anymore. I mean, with this, because it's like well, we said it before with MJF when that whole media scrum thing happened, or when he went off, right? and said he was going to leave, and he didn't show up for the meet-and-greet and all that crap, and then all of a sudden he becomes champ like two months later. Well, then yeah. you got CM Punk and the Elite being suspended you know, for however long, but then they're brought back. Yeah. And then he gets like, into another yeah. Yeah. issue, and, and then I'm reading that he also... Someone. Yeah. I also read that he got into a confrontation with Tony Khan. Yeah. Like, so it's like there's been so much stuff that's been going on right now. So it's like if I'm this shit's like, truly happening, how the fuck does he still have a job? Yeah. Because yeah. to me, if I did that shit at work, I'd be fired. Like automatically, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. even have a that's job what, anymore. That's what I'm saying. I mean, like that's why that's why I have to lean to like that this shit is a work. Just but because. if it's a work, it's bullshit. Because I mean, it's yeah. like literally yeah. stop doing this crap. I mean, it's like yeah, because it's not like it's needed. It doesn't. Really. It doesn't make it look right. Because if you know, because if you make people believe that it's a real thing, then people think this guy's a douche, right? Yeah. And yeah. and he needs to be fired, which I understand if you want to make this dude a heel, but you've got two heels in this scenario cuz Jack Perry is not a good guy right now. So it's yeah. like why the hell why would you set this up this way? Yeah. It just yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah, and, that's, and, and that's the main thing for me is like about the situation and said it's like I don't know, the whole thing. So that's weird. why I don't think like, it's a work, but I mean I mean, it could be late to squash drama between them both, but I mean, if this is all happening around CM Punk, I think that he needs to like fucking check his damn attitude. That's the main thing. Well, I yeah. And if you're like older than me, or like I think he's actually like forty two, or so, I don't remember exactly how old he is, but like if you're older than most of these people that uh, have a better hook head over their shoulders or whatever and then you were bitching about like literally anything it makes sense why you were never a top guy he's 44 yeah so he was he's a year younger than than me yeah he's a year younger than me and why is he bitching about like 
like, okay, I get it if you're, like, around different things or experiencing different things because Lupisto was talking about that it was kind of like a, a children's environment because they were all talking and, like, certain group, and like, there was certain cliques that were talking to each other and stuff. Doesn't mean that that's actually the truth, but it's what she said that was out of the situation, and I'm sure that there's, like, a grain of truth into all of that. So, I mean, that, that's why it's a worrying situation between it. But, like, that's the only annoying thing for me about the CM Punk stuff because I don't want this drama and shit that we keep on happening. And it seems like... And then it gets annoying seeing that they're like, oh, another CM Punk thing. It's like, grow up, man. Yeah, all these news people are like, oh, he freaked out on these people. Well, I mean, he worked with... I think he worked with uh, Miro when he was in WWE, right? I thought I'm not Rusev sure, was but still, I mean, quit. it's like it's like but really like, you're having issues with everybody. I mean, it's well, like even, but like supposedly he ain't having issues with Samoa Joe and certain other people. But why is he like having issues with? Well, partly it seems because like, Samoa Joe would whoop his ass, but I think Miro would too. Well, that's the thing is that they said that the Miro thing didn't even happen. So it was like somebody was telling them that it happened. I mean, I don't know for a fact because, you know, we don't work there. We're well, like yeah, I mean, I also heard that CM Punk and uh, Jack Perry were going to be suspended. Yeah, that's what and I was And they wouldn't be around for all out. So that if, would be if like you're here. freaking waste of time, really. But if and, you're here. Yeah. But you know, it's not a work if that happened because there's no reason they would miss all out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, they're uh, two of your top amazing. guys. There's no reason that they wouldn't miss that next week. Yeah, and this uh, so like the match of the uh, the first match was CM Punk versus Samoa Joe, and I like like I mean CM Punk. You could tell the age on him now. Like he doesn't do ha- uh, like he doesn't work the match that he used to when he was in WWE. You could see it oh, like yeah. the whole time, but like. There's some funny moments in this. Like, I like I like how Samoa Joe keeps doing the nope thing, where like as soon as somebody jumps at him, he just walks out of the way. I love that shit. That's so funny. And then when he did the little powerbomb thing and he chucked CM Punk into the table, I thought that was funny. There were certain bits and pieces of this match that I found very funny. It was weird how CM Punk bladed himself. Then it was weird because I thought see uh, Samoa Joe. Oh, you mean when uh, Samoa Joe threw him underneath the table? Yeah, yeah. I don't think he really needed to cut himself or blade himself just to like do that. You know, like I don't think he needed to achieve that. Well, it's the funny. Match, you know? This match went fourteen minutes, but they didn't do a lot. It's like when you. Well, that's what I'm saying. They... It was mostly back and forth, like uh, the old type of school, old school Ring of Honor matches. Yeah, there was only like five or six moves in it. I think there was a crossbody, and then there was a Hurricane Rana. Yeah. And then um, the table part happened when he got busted open, I guess you could say. And then there was a muscle buster followed up by a roundhouse kick. And then he did that yeah, damn, and that's like where I was talking stuff, about but... the John Cena and the Hulk Hogan shit when he, oh yeah, when he teased the five knuckle shuffle, but then he hit him with the damn leg drop for that one count. Yeah, lately he's been doing that. Wait, yeah, uh, I don't, and I said it. it during the last AEW podcast we did that I don't understand why he's doing them, uh, or doing it, and then uh, pretty much after that. Samoa Joe performed a U. I didn't know that was even a move. Um, and scored a near fall following a power slam. A U? Yeah, I guess it's called the word U. Y-O-U is a move that he's got now. I can't even point to the move that I it mean, was, it might honestly. Be one of the said he did, but I don't know. But yeah, and then they just fought back and forth until CM Punk hit him with the Pepsi plunge to retain the yeah. title. But Which, I mean, that's why I was surprised that he actually beat him with the Pepsi plunge for the win. 
I thought he was going to unlink because I would have thought. But, I mean, it's probably because he did the fucking uh, go to sleep and he almost, and, like, it looked incredibly weak before the weeks of the pay-per-view. Where he dressed up as the gold vampire or whatever the fuck. And then he came out and put him in the GTS and it looked like he was struggling to hit him with the knee. But, I mean, also at the same time, CM Punk's, like, super small and Samoa Joe's a big boy. Man, Nacho, will you quit playing? Yeah, so from that perspective, in customary customary AEW fashion, the... uh, Yep, sorry. That's all right. (laughs) Uh, In customary AEW fashion, the matches, this was one of the shortest ones, and it was 14 minutes. Yeah. There was only one shorter than this one. And that oh, was, so there the, was eleven total on this, but yeah, the, I mean, that was the four-way yeah, match for the title. Yeah, two of them, like nine matches on the card. But it was a good opener, though. I'm like, uh, that's what I'm saying. I think I kind of liked the Bullet Club Gold and Takashita with uh, match you know, with the Golden you know, Elite. You know, it's funny though. Match, I don't yeah. remember huh. this match at all. I don't yeah, know why I'm you were ta- because you were talking to me like the whole time, so I mean, like, I don't think you fell asleep. Oh, I didn't fall asleep. I just don't well, remember this saying, one for yeah. some reason. Well, I don't I remember, remember this match like, at all. It looks like Takashita stopped doing the top rope clothesline as much now. I mean, like the main thing was like uh, I think they didn't do Adam Page and Kenny Omega didn't do the. The what's it called? I can't remember what they name it. It's like they do the V trigger and they do his uh, buckshot lariat at the same time. I know they have a name for it. I just can't remember what they called it. But like at one point, uh, Kota Ibushi got knocked out. It looked like by a high knee from Takashita though. And mm-hmm. then uh, Juice Robinson was funny as shit. Like he was looking like a fucking dog when he was coming out. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is he Yeah, doing? I remember that, and I remember pointing out that uh, the interesting part about this was that Kenny Omega didn't have a singles match on the card. Oh, yeah. Um, and then but, it was just weird that, uh, what's it called? And then it was funny how Takashita got the win. I think he pinned Kenny, I think, too. I think he did, because it came out of nowhere. It was a roll-up pin. On him, but it makes sense now because I think they said Takashita and Omega is for all out for next week or whatever. So like well, it kind of makes sense why he got the pin. Well, yeah, which like isn't customary for us match. doing this podcast, but normally we would do it after the Dynamite and Rampage for the week. But because All Out falls the week after All In, we don't really have time to do that this week. So we're yeah. kind of, you know, we're probably going to have to kind of talk about that during All Out, basically what happened in the week prior to set up the matches for All Out because this one's so close together. It's strange oh, no. that they did because this I like this. When, I think it was like, yeah, I think it was the Stadium Stampede match when they were doing that. When they are like, oh, yeah, in seven days, All Out's happening. I'm like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, it's in a we, week? Yeah, and then we had to look at it. Two weeks, and then just turned out that it was a week. We had to look at it because the um, payback for WWE is the day after that. So literally, we're doing this podcast today, and then we're gonna have to do two more next week for All Out AEW All Out, and then another one for WWE Payback. So, and I don't think Payback is gonna be any good. But I mean, you never know. Yeah, I don't. Mostly because I definitely think that. Oh, I'm I, I might as well. I mean, I haven't enjoyed many of the type of pay per views for a while. So, I mean, like, I mean, there's bits and pieces of like brilliant brilliance in there, but like, no, it's like I'd much rather watch this stuff. Like, but yeah, this match was cool. I unfortunately, I don't have much to them. say on this match because I honestly don't remember it. I well. I remember and, that the next match, though, I I think I fell asleep during it <laughs> because 
I halfway through, I don't remember the finish. Well, it so, was like, a standard <laughs> Young Bucks I mean, match, like, unfortunately. Also at the same time, yeah, FDM versus with Young Bucks, it doesn't seem like anything's different. It wasn't. Like, I mean, it was the standard I mean, match. It was a and... cool like entrance, though. Like I liked how FTR. Like I think they did the usual like going out. I think they had like yeah, they had uh, Bray and Brody wristbands on and stuff like that. But like it was kind of cool with the young folks when they came out. They did an homage to Freddie Mercury, where they did a version of. Uh, I think we will rock you, but it said like uh, the, the super kick thing where I'll, I'll super kick you or something like that mm-hmm. before they came out. So, and then even then they came out with the, I think it's the, the live aid outfit that he had on where it was like white pair of pants. And then he had a gold uh, jacket. That he can't, I think that's when he wore it, but like that, so that was their ring gear when they came out. So I thought that was cool, but like, well, yeah, I don't remember uh, much was, else of the match. Yeah, it was an interesting contrast because the Young Bucks were in white and FTR was in black. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the match itself was the standard, you know, pretty much what we always talk about with Roman and the Young Bucks, it was the same thing. The Young Bucks, it was a Young Bucks match, basically. Yeah. FDR FTR can run with anybody. And yeah. this was seemed like it would be the rubber match except it ended. They went to shake hands and the young bucks walked away from it. So I mean it's so they hinted that they're not finished, even though this was the third Yeah. You know, this was the third match and FTR won. Like, fucking damn it, we two lost of them. again. Yeah. It's like Young Bucks don't need to end up having the title so many damn times. It's like no. uh, FDR is understandable. I understand why. Because FDR is such a damn great tag team. So it makes sense. But like also yeah, at I the same time, Young Bucks are EVPs and all this shit. They don't yeah, the only really thing I was, need the belts. <laughs> the only thing I was worried about with this one was because Cash got that domestic charge or whatever, oh, the road yeah. rage thing. Yeah. Um. So you didn't know how this match would oh, t- yeah, technically go because of it. Yeah. Or no, that they would lose it or something because of that, because he'd be, you know, who know, you know, who knows what would have happened. But the, the one match I do remember on this card specifically is the next one though. Oh yeah. Yeah, this one. One of my favorite ones. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting for a stadium stampede because I know there's one been ones in the past that we haven't liked, but well, the stadium stampede matches are different just because it's like it's not like what was it? Forgot what the name of the other one is. Stadium stampede was the crazy one where they um, like I think they mostly did it at double or nothing. I think was most of the time that they usually did it. But the first one was like, I think it was most of the elite going against the inner circle. And that was when they ended up uh, running into Sammy Guevara with stuff. So I was interested with how they were going to do the stadium stampede match, but it was pretty much just a hardcore match. Oh, it was. It and like I remember. Count anywhere or something. Yeah. Rolls. But, as, but the funny thing was, again, John Moxley was cut. Within seconds of this match starting. Yeah. And then he yeah. did that one spot when Penta freaking nailed the damn skewers in his freaking head. Well, you know? I know. Yeah. I've seen I've seen Penta do that before. So, I mean, like, I think in, like, AAA culture at Lucha Libre Oh, shit, no, I get that he did that it, but it was but like still. they were actually stuck in his head. And oh yeah, he was that's walking why around they do with that. Him. They do that on purpose. That way, it looks oh, it's so shocking. Yeah, but like um, the main thing was, uh, and then Willer Yuta still Kingston keeps impressing me. They beat with, the shit out of Trent Beretta in this match too. Oh, they did. Yeah, I mean, like, he took. I mean, they beat up Orange Cassidy too, but like Trent, it seemed like he did most of the. Like he got beat up so. So and then, like we've talked match. about with Eddie Kingston, he wrestles. The, when he wrestles, it's like he's him. Like you can see that just being Eddie Kingston. 
just but normal. I love how like okay, so even off of the jump, Eddie Kingston gets called out, and then he's the last one that comes in, and he instantly goes to Claudio. <laughs> Yeah. Like, no matter what it is, it's like he has so much hate in his heart for, like, Claudio. And it's like, I wonder if that's the true thing, if they just do not like each other backstage, like, period. Or if they just really know how to sell, like, their feud the whole time. Because supposedly they've been feuding since they both started, I guess. So, like... Yeah, I don't... I'm wondering if, like, they're just homies, but then they're just, like... They just hide it, like doing kayfabe and all. But, yeah, I, I don't mean, know. It just had a lot of good moments. Like it was funny how Sue, the mom, comes up. I don't think they need to do that every time, but it made sense because I think they did something when they did the parking lot brawl with the best friends. Mm-hmm. At one point, they destroyed the car, so like it made sense for her to show up during this match, like. And I don't even think that it was actually her there. I didn't see her get out of the car or anything. So I'm wondering if, like, oh, actually, I think they did do something where she handed them the cookies or whatever, possibly thinking about it now. But, like, it was just funny. John Moxley I'm getting tired of, but Wheeler Yuta is really selling me to the Blackpool combat play. Oh, yeah, he's the... It seems like he's in the back. Yeah, Willie Yuta's the standout to me in in uh, BCC right now. Like you said, uh, Claudio has is I don't know it. It almost makes you wonder if that's why WWE didn't like push him because he kind of just is there because he's getting the kind of same treatment in AEW that he did in WWE that I see, like. When when it was him and Sheamus, Sheamus was the guy. It wasn't really Cesaro. It was Sheamus. Yeah. And I'm trying to think at any other point, even when he was like a just a singles guy, he wasn't like the the biggest guy in the ring. Now everybody likes his giant swing, you know. But other well, than that, and he's strong as an ox. That damn move yeah. he did on. I think it was Orange Cassidy when he threw him up in the air to do the freaking uh, uppercut. Yeah, I mean, he, and he does that. Like, I don't know. The the that's the thing with me. Like with the Combat Club, he seems like the. I don't know. He beats up people and stuff, but like, I don't think that he's a great fit for the because like the Combat Club seems like it's supposed to be just I'm just gonna kick your ass all the time. And I don't understand why Santana and Ortiz went to their side. Like, it didn't really make sense to me at all. Well, especially knowing... And then they go align themselves with him. What I've read, too, is that they've been beefing, the two of them. Yeah, supposedly they've been fighting each other. Like, and then they were worried that Santana was going to leave because his contract or whatever came up or something like that. So, like... Generally, they had some cool spots. Like, at one point, we were worried about uh, Pinto, but they sold that so good. Like, oh, they did, point, because... Santana the... gave him a pile driver, and then they acted like he was just injured, like something happened, and they didn't really highlight it. They just cut to something else, so you really thought that he, it was something else, like he legit hurt himself or something. And then... Right after, like, later on, like, five or ten minutes later, then he comes out as his Penta Obscura character, where he's, like, the more deadly of the two. And then he came in and did, uh, uh, was it a Canadian Destroyer? Yeah, I think it was a Canadian Destroyer yeah. to yeah. Santana through the tables. And then I thought that was cool. And then uh, at one point, Eddie Kingston speared... John Moxley into the tables. Well, yeah, and he they, did it. And then, uh, well, you remember the move Cassidy where the punched orange, uh, punched Wheeler Yuta with a glass cover well, on his fist. There was also, yeah, there was also the move where the ladder broke and they did the oh, move yeah. anyways. Oh, with yeah, the, that was the main thing. Was like yeah. the, they were trying to do the move and the ladder broke and he still got up on the same ladder 
and performed the move. <laughs> like they cut like, away real quick and then went back. Hell. I was like, he even used the same ladder. Yeah, he what used the, the same ladder. I was like, whoa, okay, I wouldn't have. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's the next match though. It's funny because that's the one I've been calling for months. Yeah. Whenever they, the first time they actually announced All In being in London, I said this, that Soraya, Soraya was going to win the title then. And it went directly to that over time. Yeah. And literally the, the whole thing was like, they dropped it from Tony Storm to Hikaru Shida. And then, it, uh, like the whole story, it was like cool because that, First, like, pay over while Serena comes out. She's with her whole family. I thought that was cool. So even... Well, that and she came out to Queen. Oh, yeah. She came out to Queen, too. So that was cool. And then, and like... We will rock you. So, like, the whole thing was cool. I mean, like... And they were giving everybody power to the show. Like, all all the important people, really. But, like, the one thing that I'm getting tired of is, like... Britt Baker didn't really need to be in this match. I think they just wanted to have it on even footing, but like, I don't think Britt Baker really needed to be in this match. I think they could have done, like, if they really wanted to show turmoil, have like Ruby, Ruby Soho got a shot, and it was all three of them. Especially the way that you were explaining it when we were watching it was like, uh, they were going to have them break up, break up or something, or at least Paige was going to get away from it. Well, I mean, it, it's the only thing that makes sense because if Tony Storm's in the match, but she wasn't the title holder, the only way she could win is to beat them. Yeah. So it's like, how were they going to explain that? How were they going to do it? And basically they moved down the path that Tony Storm hit Soraya's mom. Yeah. So it's like... Yeah. So they went down that path of where, kind of like what I talked about previously with damage control and EO Sky, where I think EO Sky needs to leave the group and become a face because the crowd likes her. Yeah. I think that's the same thing with Soraya. I, I, mean, I, I found it really doing anything no, with damage control. Either. But I found it weird when Soraya went heel at the time that she did. I understand yeah. the group. Like the outcast, but it makes more sense for the outcast to be face and for Britt Baker and all them to be freaking heels, not the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. Because Britt Baker is a better face or better heel than she is a face. Yeah. I don't, and, and I don't know if that's because of the issues I had ever since the cruise that I don't really care for her much, but even her, like, in the whole build-up with Thunder Rosa and her, Thunder Rosa was the face. She was the heel. It was always that way. Yeah. So it was like, you know, but now she's a face? It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, I, did, and then, I didn't really. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is like they put, the, like she was a face the whole time when she came in. And then all of a sudden... At one point, I remember well, there, that we were watching the pay-per-view when she started and when she went against Britt, and then and then it was like a month later, they're like, oh, yeah, she's a heel now. I was like, what? Why did they well, turn her what, heel for it? But they made that group almost like an NWO, for a female NWO yeah. group yeah, is what they did. Yeah, and they could have added more members. I mean, like that's, that's what I think with... Blackpool Combat Club. I think they needed to add. I think they should have had Takashita in the Blackpool Combat Club, and well, it's, he didn't need Don Callis. Yeah, the Outcast is a perfect group for the non AE. All the people that came in, not AEW people. Yeah. It makes perfect sense for that group to be Ruby Soho, Tony Storm, Soraya, um, even Willow Nightingale, and others that were brought in outside like from ring of honor and shit and then yeah uh taya valkyrie is another one so i mean um, like taya valkyrie could fit in the group anyway because she's from like everywhere like so, but that's what i'm saying though is that yeah. she's not an aew person though yeah athena's not either i mean th- those are the people they all could have been part of that group 
So anyhow, but this was the shortest match of the night, which again, I still think they're trying to get Soraya up to snuff. Well, yeah, she was also talking about that she was hoping to do more. Like, she wanted to do more matches and stuff like that. Like, she didn't want to be, like, doing anything else. Like, she wanted to prove her worth and stuff like that. Especially if you have the title. But, yeah, you got to work up to that. And that's kind of what I think they're doing with their... Because, I mean, all the other matches, like I was saying before, like, the... uh, Eddie, the stadium stampede was 21 minutes and so was the FTR young bucks match. And then the bullet cup bullet club gold match was 20 and a half minutes. So that was pretty much besides, you know, that obviously the Soraya match was eight minutes and 50 seconds. So that was the shortest one, but the rest of these matches that we're going to talk about all are over 10 minutes long. Yeah. Which it's kind of funny when we get to the one match, but I thought it was longer than that when we talk about the match before the main event. It seemed like it was longer than than it was. Yeah. Yeah. Like, once ago... A match they could have done away with was the the one we're getting ready to talk about, though. I just feel that match was... Like the Darby Allen and Singh versus Swerve and Christian Cage coffin match. Yeah, it could have... Like, they didn't I have mean, to do like, it. I like I, I like that they're highlighting Darby and Singh, but like, oh yeah, I Sting get that too. But need, really need to wrestle anymore, and I definitely don't think that Christian Cage needs to wrestle anymore. I don't. I think he doesn't have anything else to prove. I think it's good to be in a coaching role or try to like get somebody under his wing, kind of like what Sting's doing with Darby, but. Sting yeah, I think this really could have been wrestle with Darby. Yeah, he, I think it could have been Darby versus Swerve. Yeah, and that's it. Like, and then they were also talking about they were highlighting this, but it seems like the only thing was that the reason why they're doing the Chris and Christian Cage thing is because he's going against him at all out is where he's going against Luchasaurus for the belt. And I'm like, uh, that's the, and that's the only thing that I could see, like why they put Christian Cage in this match. But I just don't really, I've never really cared for Christian all that much. I mean, it was nice knowing that he got the World Heavyweight Championship, like after Reg, Edge retired and stuff like that. And I honestly think that he would have never whiffed the title at all if Edge didn't retire. I don't think they would have ever saw him as a top guy. I mean, granted, the World Heavyweight Championship, they've never like seen it as a top guy championship. It seems always like the number two belt to me. That uh, like Vince considers it the number two belt. So like, it's not a. Uh, but I mean, still, it's nice to know that he's won it like two or three times or whatever. But his like, finisher though is yeah, one of the. He- the best looking ones that looks like it hurts like hell though. Well, yeah, but like, I'm just saying like, if the only thing that you're really remembering from Christian is like his finisher, it's like, meh. like, and like all he comes out and does now is he talks about people's dead dads. Or like, at least well, you yeah. have a dad. Yeah. You know? I mean, it, like, I don't disagree with Nick you. Like I'm just, up, but then he got he... choke slammed by Luchasaurus and that was it. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying that. I thought they were going to do something with AR Fox, and AR Fox didn't do anything either. So, like, I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot with that, like, that I just didn't really understand for it. So, I mean, it's neither here nor there. It's good knowing that he has a job and stuff like that. I just don't. I think that they could have highlighted other people. (laughs) But the part I remember of this match is the, the Sting. What was it? The. The leg drop he did on the tables. Oh, yeah. Like, at first he did a crossbody, and then it didn't break the table. Then he did a leg drop and broke the table. And then Darby landing straight on the coffin. Oh, yeah. He landed straight on the coffin. He did a coffin drop on a coffin. Yeah. Yeah. And he just bounced. (laughs) It's like, so so if there's a highlight on YouTube or online, it's got to be that one from this pay-per-view. Oh, yeah. Because he literally... 
did a coffin drop, and if anybody knows what the coffin drop is, he basically jumps backwards. It's almost like a trust fall, yeah. but jumping. And he landed directly on a coffin, dented the yeah. shit out of it, but basically bounced off of it. I mean, that dude's nuts. I mean, so yeah. Sting just is doing stuff a 64-year-old shouldn't be doing anymore. Darby yeah. does shit that really nobody should be doing ever. He reminds me yeah. of a lot like Jeff Hardy, but yeah. somewhat a little more reckless to me than Jeff Hardy was. Well, yeah, because I, I mean, because he does a lot degree, without I mean, a lot like, of the stuff he does. He doesn't look where he's going. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, you know, so it's like he, you know, if he fucks up, it'll really mess him up. But but he hasn't yet. But that doesn't mean it ain't going to happen. But this match went 16 minutes. But. This was my probably my third favorite match of the night, even though Sting and Christian didn't need to be in it. Yeah. Um, my yeah. second favorite's coming up. But, um, like, yeah, like Will Ospreay versus Chris Jericho, I liked. I like mostly because, I mean, the same thing goes with Jericho with me, like how it's with. Well, I'm glad to uh, see Jericho Cage. lost. Like, I can tell you that. Well, that's what I'm saying. I like how he's losing now. Like, but like also at the same time, does he really need to wrestle? I mean, no. And then this was the do this shit for this was the time. one. If you guys, whoever's listening, listen to our last AEW podcast. This was the one that I was referring to, where he came out singing "Damn Judas." Yeah. It's like he was actually singing he did it. The ayo, ayo. Yeah. <laughs> And it's hey, like, yo. so it's hey, like we yo. were talking about he he needs to find a different song to come out to now. But in this one, he actually sang the damn song. So yeah, it's and like he said that he was going to sing it there anyway. Like he said this, like I don't know. I think when they announced it or something, and I was like, but it's oh, like wow. okay, another time hearing the same fucking song over. Yeah, and over I mean, again. it's like like I heard him... it a million times, and it was like. They're a big hit. I get that. But, like, literally, I don't know why anybody would sit there and hear the song and then just sing the song, even though that you've heard it a million times. Like, I I get bored real easily with songs if they repeat them a lot. And hearing that, like, where it's on the radio a lot, and then it's, like, like on our radio here, like, still on rotation, I... Uh, our radio station so like every once in a while i'll hear it and then then i go on aw and that's his ring theme and then if i'm like on fight forever then it shows up you know like i think it's pretty i'm pretty sure it's on there too whenever he comes up actually it might be just the inner circle theme but like still it's like you hear it so much so it's like what the hell but like Will Ospreay, every time I see him, like he carried this match to me. Well, oh, yeah. Mostly because and that I'm was so expected. tired of Chris Jericho, though. Yeah, that it's was expected. Like, yeah, like, I mean, he's just... Certain people don't really need to wrestle after a certain amount of time. It's like kind of like... Was it Undertaker that said it where he was like, I don't want them to, like, look at me and be like, oh, crap, you should have retired. Yeah. Essentially, I think I'm not... I'm. I think I'm paraphrasing right now, but like that's oh, you are, but what I think it was that, essentially what he said. And, and like why that he basically he didn't want to. Yeah, he didn't want to wrestle. You know, past his um, past his where prime. he would look like shit, basically. In yeah, the ring. and like right now, I mean, Jericho could still do most of what he used to, but like you don't really need to. You should be building your talent that you're in the Jericho Appreciation Society. Like, it's like you should be building up that those guys instead of, like, you wrestling. Like, I don't think he needs to prove anything else for his stuff. So, like, this match, oh, okay, it was, and like, some people would consider it a rematch, but, like, not me. It's mostly because I like seeing Osprey wrestle, but, like, I'd much rather see him wrestle like other people. Like honestly, like United Empire versus House of Black, that would be fucking awesome. Like where it's like, even if it's like 
I would say probably one of the members of Ozzy opened with them, and then as the Hoss man of the group, have Jeff Cobb with them, and then to counter Brody King, and that would be funny, a fun as shit to see when he gets mm-hmm. a match, like especially if they ended up having the of the titles, which I might as well mention now and get into it where. It seemed like that they were doing this anyway. This is the third match that they've done where leading up to it, they showed that Billy Gunn was putting his uh, his, uh, boots in the ring at one point. So, like, you were wondering if he was retiring. I didn't think he was going to retire, like, at a random-ass dynamite. So, like, I had a feeling they were going to do something else. Especially because it was House of Black uh, interference or whatever, like where they beat him in the match or whatever. And I was like, I really honestly didn't need to see acclaimed with badass Billy Gunn against the House of Black. And I liked the House of Black, how they had the tribute for Bray and stuff like that at the beginning. And their fucking outfit game is off the hook, man. It just gets better every time. <laughs> Like yeah, to this... me, the fucking mass and shit where it has horns out of it and everything, it's just fucking badass. And it shows like they could never do this shit in WWE, it seems like the the type of shit that they're doing right now. Well, I and, mean, yeah, well, I mean that for one they weren't a tag team. Yeah. Well actually like, Buddy Murphy and uh Alistair Black were together, weren't they at one point? Uh Possibly, I don't. I thought they were mostly going against each other, but I mean, I was I trying to think when um, Buddy Matthews was having the issues with Rey Mysterio and his daughter. I thought he was oh, like, in yeah, a, he was. He did team with him. That was yeah. before he did the the prayer thing or whatever. But yeah, like, so I mean, he did that book thing. So yeah, Brody King was in obviously Ring of Honor, so that they came together in AEW, but. But yeah, this match, it was only 10 minutes and 50 seconds. This was the one I was talking yeah. about. It was surprising to me that it was that short. It didn't seem that short. W- watching yeah, it. because they were doing like a lot. But I definitely don't think that they claimed the win. I don't think they needed the win. I think they should have still done the House of Rules match. Yeah, I was surprised by the result House of this of one. I didn't think the acclaimed were going to win. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's I like, do like I how Julia Hart gets to. involved in stuff, though. Yeah, you know, I never would have thought, you know, with her with Varsity Blondes, she's a perfect fit for House of Black, and I never would have thought that. Um, with her being the cheerleader of Varsity yeah. Blondes, yeah. and now I don't even think anybody of that group besides her is in AEW anymore, are they? Because I know I Brian Pillman Jr. signed with WWE. Yes. Yeah, like, so well, I think he I just mean, debuted on NXT. I in a while, so I don't think But so. the other guy I haven't seen. I Griff know Brian Tillman. Yeah, yeah I, like, I know Brian. I Garrison ain't signed anymore. But... Yeah, I know Brian Peelman signed with WWE, though. Well, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with him over there, but I mean, be hopeful, I guess. But, like... But yeah, I'm a fan That's of the acclaim. I was just like, I mean, I, I like the House of Black mean, too. I like the claim too, but like, do I think that they need to win the belts over House of Black? No, I think that the one I don't of the disagree. main things that I think were made House of Black was their House of Black rules shit, where it was like, oh, you get to pick the stipulation. I think it should have went on for like a year. Honestly, where they would have been not pinned, not lost, and everything else. I think that they should have just kept going for the longest time until uh, somebody new came out and just wrecked them or something like that. I don't think they needed to lose. But that was the main thing. And then, okay, so the last podcast that we did where we were talking about Forbidden Door, like talking about MJF's uh latest stuff that's been going on so mind you forbidden door after this they uh, they started having adam cole beefing with mjf where like still adam cole's a face i'm wondering if Britt raker the only reason why she's a face is because adam cole's a face technically right now 
but like that's off topic but uh, i honestly think it's because jamie Hayter became a face oh yeah that's possibly too yeah but again that's stupid i mean but uh yeah they should, they should have, have broke, broke them, them two up yeah i mean and yeah honestly yeah i definitely agree so like once ago so in the process of this like between forbidden door and this they had a blind eliminator tournament for them to go against the title holders. So pretty much FTR. So they randomly put a bunch of teams together. Some of them were like granted the same team members. So it was actual teams that were made, which I honestly think that they should have just done a bunch of random singles guys and put them together. And then had them all like wrestle together and see like instead of just totally just MJF and Adam Cole's story, like have several different ones going through the thing. But like that's neither here nor there. So like eventually, turns out that they were doing stuff where you were really trying to figure out if MJF was going to turn on Adam Cole or even Adam Cole was going to turn on MJF for months now. So at one point. Roderick Strong, I don't know why he's in a neck brace. He's been in the neck brace for at least a month, I think. So uh, Something happened where uh, Roderick Strong hurt his neck or hurt his neck. So at the time, Roderick Strong's been saying, like, oh, yeah, he's a bad guy, blah, blah, blah. I'm your homie. So coming up to today, they were doing a bunch of vignettes where they were, like, really starting to get uh, come across as an actual team and actual friends. They were. That's why I say like they told this story so well with getting MJF kind of over for even being still the same person. Essentially, oh, this is the, the best I've time. seen, and that's what yeah, and the, this was the best I've, I've seen MJF look. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The the character work that he did. Since this Adam Cole shit has well, been and, brilliant, and this match like, specifically, it's the that best at thing the for him. yeah, at the points when he, you know, because he's not known to do these suicide dives, and there yeah. was twice during the match he wanted to do them, and then there was once he stopped because yeah. he didn't think yeah. he could do it, and then the second time he did it, but then act totally surprised when he landed it, yeah. and it was. <laughs> It was brilliant wow. what he was doing. And then they kept it up through the end, but I think they're pointing to Adam Cole stabbing MJF in the back because he yeah. did the same. If you remember back in, I think it was NXT when Roderick Strong and him. Yeah, he did the this. Yeah, and he did the same thing after something with MJF. So yeah. he... Well, so, he's been doing that, like, the past few times that they've hugged. Yeah. He's had so, the hand like that, yeah. That's what I mean. So it's like a reference to him stabbing him in the back Yeah, at some point. And that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, this stuff with them has been brilliant so far. Like, no matter but, what I've seen. Like, but it points to I've Adam seen, Cole, really. That's the fortunate part that MJF has had. Strong, I mean, like... Well, Roger Strong could turn it, but like, well, and, and that, then you know, go against him. But and like, I don't want to, and I don't want to digress. But I was listening to something one time, and I never realized that you remember Victoria, right? Yeah. Oh, so she oh, was talking I just about saw this the other day. She, she was talking about where she got her finisher from. Yeah, and she said she got it from a fourteen-year-old Roderick Strong. Yeah. <laughs> so that's who she got the finisher yeah. from was Roderick Strong when he was 14. I mean, it makes sense because he does all these like back to bigger moves and all that shit. So, so I just found sense. that interesting. It just happened to be right before this podcast that yeah, I heard I that. So like, I saw it like yesterday or the day before that, I think. And the only and reason I, like, I bring oh, it up is because sense. Roderick, Roderick Strong was involved in this match saying he was Adam Cole's best friend and MJF wasn't. Yeah, that's mostly so, why I'm wondering if they are going to have Roderick Strong turn. 
So it'll either be Roderick Strong turning or they'll have Adam Cole or MJF turn on the other. I mean, the brilliant part about this this storyline is that any of them could. And it wouldn't. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like even him doing face stuff where it's like you could tell that the way that he's playing the character is that he actually gives a shit about Adam Cole right now. Yeah, for the so first like, time. Yeah. Like, so he didn't do the it's diamond like he's having punch. The first, yeah. It's like the first time that he's had, like, a bro the whole time. So, it's like, it's tormenting him. So, like, the whole time he's still the same guy, the same scumbag asshole, but then he's trying to be a good person for him. Like, even though that they've both done bad things before. And they've explained like Adam Cole has well, done bad things before. Well, yeah, and this match each other in the back, and, and this that's match, why I thought this this match was like one of my favorites of the year, probably. Just well, yeah, and it was the longest on the it was the longest on the card tonight. It was twenty nine minutes long, but I'll caveat that by saying it ended once with them both at a draw because they yeah, did their double, double clothesline. clothesline. Yeah. Yeah. So they purposely did that, and then they both pinned each other. So it was, <laughs> and then they did the whole Adam Cole asking MJF for five more minutes, and then MJF and said, like, "We'll go for as long as there is a winner." Yeah. He's so like, I mean, we gotta have a fucking winner. Yeah, and so it was. It it was brilliant. It was one of my most. One of the most entertaining matches, I would say, well, of the year. I wouldn't probably... say necessarily it was all wrestling either. It was like storyline driven. Yeah, like it's entertaining. Like, it's like the best character work that they've done. Like least of all, I mean, because MJF's been growing on me, like wrestling wise and stuff like that, slowly but surely. But this match just probably was one of the best. M, um, like M. Um, probably my favorite mjf match now oh yeah easily Mostly for me just because the the wrestling was good i like the 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 way that they were working off of each other which is was working great and then even when mjf eventually wins you see how distraught like or pissed off that adam cole is and then mjf goes over to console him and he's like I was lucky. I like you. Like you gotta admit, I was lucky. Like I mean, you. And then so he tries to cheer him up by saying, "Oh, look at we still got these." So he hands him the Ring of Honor belt, and then he flings it across the thing. So he's like, "Oh, one of my favorite things that he said was that he sat there and he was like, "Oh, really? Is this all it's about?" And he flings the fucking uh, triple B at him. Yeah. It's like, then fucking have it. Like, and I love that shit. And it felt the emotion out of it. And then he was yeah, like... Yeah, and it wasn't only him either. It was, it was Adam Cole showing his conflict, too. Yeah. Because like, that's they what showed I'm him, it's like, like it was both, I want to hit him, but he decided not to hit him with the title either. So it, yeah, it, was, it like, was brilliant. Even, like, Adam Cole was being the more brutal one throughout the, the match, right? Where and it's he funny was how like, easy... It's funny how easy the storyline is because it's not really that hard to do. Yeah, like, it's just what they're having that to they do. Haven't yeah. done right. Yeah. Like they've told this story before, where it's like two people that get together. Like I think the last time was Cesaro and Sheamus mm-hmm. because I think Sheamus was a bad guy at the time. Cesaro was a good guy at the time, and then he did the best of seven series, and then eventually they were thrown in as a tag team. And then they did the bar shit. So, like, that was the last time that I remember that they did kind of this storyline. But, like, they did this perfectly where it wasn't like other storylines. It wasn't like anything else. Like, that's the main thing that I loved about it. It's that nobody else did. Like, the chair thing with the Eddie Guerrero thing, that made me laugh so fucking hard. Just them chucking the damn t- chair back oh, yeah, and forth yeah. and then mj <laughs> and then him put, put it, it over, over his, his head. head yeah and then he's like hey guess what how are you gonna get yourself out of this one 
Yeah. And like that's just little moments in this fucking shit where they're both cheaters. You could tell that they're both cheaters. And if MJF was in a match with somebody else, he would be cheating on them because he don't give a shit about them. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, that's why everything in this match worked. And that's why definitely match of the night for me. Just oh, yeah, like usually. how they executed it was great. I definitely, it's probably going to be one of my matches of the year by far. Like, well, I mean, at this uh, point, yeah. First I mean... storyline stuff. Like, I mean, like, you could say stuff about the bloodline or whatever, like, storyline wise, but they they executed this where yeah, it's. Yeah, the storyline like of the year else. so far is obviously the bloodline because yeah. just the the amount of stuff that's gone into it. I mean, it's been a, and it's not just one person. It's like five or six different people yeah, that have yeah. been involved in it. But I mean, in AEW, it's definitely this one at this point. Well, that, like it has to be, and, and it was over like a two month period. Yeah, they showed how much they could be thick as thieves in like two months, and that's just insane to me. Like how fast they could do that, and that's why I'm wondering. It would be funny if they went against FTR again and won the belts that way too. Like, it would be funny to do that. Like, they would hit them with the double clothesline and then they would win. Like, I'm so intrigued with what where they go from here with this. And like, yeah, well, you know, we'll I'm be talking more about of a fan of MGF now, which is fucking insane. I didn't think yeah. I was ever going to do that shit because of this. Yeah, but... <laughs> and we'll see what continues because all outs next week. And yep. So or this week, you know, know later this most week. Of the matches but, on the card and all that stuff. If yeah, but we'll be t- going to be even on it. Yeah, but we'll be talking about them. Yeah, yeah. Because again, this is early on. Dynamite is just happening today as we're recording this, so mm-hmm. um, we don't even have results of what happened on Dynamite or Rampage before All Out. So going into the All Out podcast will be the fallout from all in so yeah when we talk about all out we'll just be we'll lump that in but that'll be next week that's our next podcast and then the one after that'll be payback yep oh so funny just like i definitely didn't think that i was gonna be like fucking mgf i hope you guys have enjoyed this one yeah i (laughs) did I know it's gone over an hour. It's funny the last few AEW podcasts we've done have all been an hour long because they yeah. they literally have well, way mean, more, more matches. matches I mean, than we could t- yeah, yeah. I mean, this one had eleven. I think the last one, Forbidden Door, had fourteen. I think, and that was just yeah. on the main card. It had five the, on the pre. I the think kickoff. the main thing is just the quality. Yeah, just Money in the like Bank. The I think had seven, so and SummerSlam yeah. that we talked yeah. about last time. It's like eight or nine or something, probably. Is or was? Let's see. Hold on. I don't mean for it to be silent, but yeah, no, there was nine. There was nine matches on the SummerSlam card, which we talked about yeah. that last that's podcast. What, that's what I thought. I thought it was nine. But so. Like, What's it called? That's why I say like most of this stuff. And then they cut one for time. Like they're like, oh, I don't. Well, don't put commercials on your shit. Don't yeah. put your like. Okay, we're already watching your shit, WWE. This is one thing I'm gonna mention. We're already watching your shit. You don't need to shill out more WWE shit on top of the pay per view. Just leave that for Raw and SmackDown. Figure out a way. To do cuts in between matches, you dipshits. Just saying. Like, yeah. Come up with other ways other than. We could, hey, we could talk about how. Nobody fucking cares. Most of you. Yeah, we'll talk about how payback ended up being that yeah, way, no, too. I'm sure that it's going to be awful. But, I mean. Yeah, like, there's probably going to be six matches like, on that card, I mean, but who knows? Probably Gunther. I think he already passed uh, Honky Tonk Man's record. Speaking of this pay per view right now, I think he just passed it. Like, uh, Sean Ross Sapp from, uh, what's he called? Uh, I can't remember his website. But whatever. He wanted Honky, uh, Honky Tonk Man to be there. And then him to get smacked the shit out. Like, uh, for <laughs> for uh, Gunther to smack the shit out of him. 
him to drop him like super bad and kill him. I was like, he was like, I'm disappointed that fucking Honky Tonk Man wasn't here when he broke his records. Like, do you well, actually think that would have happened? But it would have been funny. It would have, but all yeah, this, yeah. Uh, all the. I don't. I thing. think uh, Honky Tonk Man's a little butt hurt by what I've heard that he doesn't well, like the fact that. Acid? Yeah, like, but it doesn't matter at this like point. He, beast. I mean, yeah, I, I get Tonk that, but you grow up, dude. He's well, talking like he's probably like what, like eighty. Yeah, but at now? this point, he makes his money off of that, so I can kind of get it. Right. I mean, yeah. now he can't say he was the longest running anymore. I mean, he could like just that... say longest running in the 80s or something. Yeah, you but know? I mean, he can't just say that anymore. So it's yeah, like something he can't, yeah. like he can't even sign that on like Funko Pops or whatever at, at the Comic-Cons that he attends. Oh, that you know? is true, yeah. So... You know, now that Gunther is, I'm just saying it is a monetary probably impact to him somewhat. But anyways, well, I think yeah, that's all I have on on this podcast. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, so, With my so like we said, the street. next yep. podcast we'll have we'll be doing is for All Out, and then followed up by Payback on this on for this particular podcast. So, yeah, baby. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed this one. Um, for all yep. of us. Yeah, everybody at the Heart of Geek, we will talk to you in the next podcast. And we'll see you probably next week. Yep. To discuss see, all out. Yeah, at one point next week. Yeah. yeah. Bye. All right. Peace. <laughs>